All right, how are we, church? Let's get fired up today. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to get battle ready as we kick off this new series. Uh, had a great service last hour. We had, I heard someone said, over 200 people watching online. So let's give it one more great round of applause for everyone who's watching online right now. I especially love knowing that we have many, many military personnel that are watching as they are uh, deployed, and I think that's really, really cool. Guys, uh, our hearts and souls are with you right now. So uh, we're excited about today. We're having a lot of fun today. We're talking about being battle-ready and how to be strong, stand firm in the midst of life's difficulties. How many of you guys have ever come to realize that there is a truth in the Bible that says we have, uh, we've got some, you know, some evil forces out there, not to go too sci-fi on you too soon, but we got some adversaries out there, one of which is ourselves, right? How many of you guys have ever realized that if you, uh, like at least for me, let me just speak for myself, uh, if I'm left with a whole lot of extra time on my hands, I can get myself into a mess, uh, I can get into trouble, right? I just have that propensity. I say things I shouldn't have said. I like speak before I think. I act before I think. I'm ready, fire, aim in most scenarios in life. That's why I had to marry wise and marry great. Uh, and I did that well, I believe. And so we're going to dive into this series and really look at what God's Word has to say about how we suit up, how we get prepared for life's difficulties. And those can come in all shapes and sizes. They can be in form of like outside pressures. They can be just like our own internal like struggles that we got going on. You could have all types of difficulties in life. And so we want to learn in this series, how do we move through them? How do we stand firm in the midst of them? And how do we take some spiritual steps to get better, to improve? Um, But I got got to say that I am, I might be, I'm going to show you something on screen, and after this, you're probably going to determine that I should not be your pastor, okay? Because this is, I'm going to show you a quick video clip of something that I regret doing, that somebody caught on camera, lo and behold, uh, I was on a missions trip, uh, a my church missions trip to Costa Rica, and your pastor could not leave well enough alone. I had to jump out there in the midst of what the entire country of Costa Rica was doing for an entire week, made my daughter cry and had her call home and said, Mom, you won't believe what Dad has done today. All right, so if you're like me and you've got into some trouble, you've done some things you regret, I want you to know I might be the chief of those uh, regrettable moments. So check this out. Y'all think it's funny. 
that, that's painful to watch. Uh, my daughter literally caught me afterwards. I just caught up in the, I was caught up in the moment. I was watching these guys going, I'm fast. I can do that. I didn't realize most of those guys had like rib protectors on, cleats on. They do this yearly. They practice yearly. That night, uh, we were told that two guys died. They were gored. Uh, that night, as we watched, we saw guys get thrown up in the air. And I just somehow thought I could do that. And my daughter did call Christy that night. And she said, Dad, you won't believe what Dad did. And then when you watch that, I don't know if you guys are like me, when you, when you replay back the moment that you thought was a good idea and it wasn't a bad idea, you kind of just think, what was I thinking, right? What was I thinking? And so we're going to look at a series. We're going we're to talk through some, some, a game plan in the series of how we can suit up and, and navigate through life and, and work through life's problems and bad choices so that we can stand firm and weather difficulties, because they're not all just on us. Sometimes it's outside pressures, and we cave to some fear. We cave to some pressures. But I want to show you some stuff in Scripture today that I believe is going to be a huge help and a huge encouragement for some of you, because I believe a lot of you, most of us, we know we're flawed, right? Some of you are still wrestling like I'm still like, you know, a superhero. I got no flaws. I'm, you know, except for kryptonite, you know. But, but for most of us, we realize we're flawed, we're imperfect, and most of us realize we need help. We need, we need someone to, to help us carry some of the load and navig- help us navigate through life. And I want to show you, the Apostle Paul writes uh, one, of his, one of his most famous books, I believe one of my favorite, is Ephesians, where he's, he's talking to the church, helping new believers and old believers understand the concept of who we are in Christ. The first couple chapters, I'm going to give you an overview today, but the first three chapters... He basically uses a word called sit, like kick back, chill out, just sit and know that, know who you are in Christ. Because to the degree degree that you know really who we are in Christ, know who God is, that 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 he took the sins of the world and that he loved us so much that he took all of our sins and said, I'm going to make payment for your mess. I'm going to take him to the grave, but the grave can't hold me and he busts out of the grave. God, Jesus comes back to life. He lives victorious. So, so we are supposed to know as Christ followers, we get to rest in that. I mean, I don't have to, I don't have to go into the battle anymore and try to go out and fight. The battle's already been won. So, so he talks in the first few chapters about sitting. The next couple chapters he talks about walking. We get to walk with Christ. He, he wants to be a friend that like, like has our back, that walks with us through problems and we make mistakes. He's, he's there to help us up, to forgive us, to continue to help us advance and move forward. But then the last few chapters, we're going to look at a little bit more detail today. He tells us that because of what he's already done, we're not having to try to jump up or scale a mountain to, to try to get to a certain place. He just says, because of what I've already done, you can stand firm in what I've already done and who you are in me. You don't have to put the gloves on. You don't have to go in the battle to fight. I've already won the battle. You just got to stand firm, and you can with me. And so I want to look at what Paul says. He starts out, I'm going to look at uh, Ephesians chapter 6, and I'm going to start with Paul's final words. I think it's a great starting point for us. 
as we look into this, this idea about uh, how do we win with life's problems and pressures and deal with our junk in the process. So, so how do we stay battle ready? Uh, Ephesians 6.10, Paul says this, a final word. And I want to show you this. He says, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Real simple statement. But how many of you would honestly say that is on your mind when you're in the midst of your greatest fear? Like you're laying in bed at night and all of a sudden you just woke up and you heard a dog bark. And then you thought about, you know, you know uh, a bill you, you were struggling to pay. And then all of a sudden that went to, oh, yeah, I just lost my job. And that just leads to... The kids are in disarray in our house, and all of a sudden you got like, you started with a dog barking, and now you're way over here, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm in a mess, and you roll up, kind of like getting nervous and scared. And all the while, we got to understand that God's saying, listen, if you're in me and I'm in you, if you're a Christ follower, if you've ever bowed the knee, then you're my son, then you're my daughter, and through me, you can be strong in me, the Lord, who is a, a mighty power. Right, you think about it, like God created the whole world. I know we know that, most of us, we kind of intellectualize that. But like in our hearts, he, he created the world. Like we're here breathing breath right now because he allows us to continue to do that. So God controls the whole world. He's not off the throne. He's not, not in love with us who he gave his life for. That's already been proven once on the cross. So we know, we know he loves us. We know he's large and in charge. He wants us to allow that to sink in. And to, to the degree that it sinks in, to that degree do we actually win and we can stand firm. So I want to walk you through a couple thoughts that I've got today in your notes. The first one in your notes today is, number one, if we're going to win, we've got to, we've got to, number one, know our ally. Who's got your back? Like, who, really, who's got your back? Uh, I remember when I was a freshman in college, I took a drive with a couple of my buddies. We were in school in Lynchburg, Virginia, and we wanted to go to D.C., it was the closest big, big city around. We thought we'd go hang out with the boys and do what college guys do. And we've got one of my friends. He lives over, like, right across the bridge in Maryland. And he's nominated the idea of, like, let's drive to Georgetown. That's a cool place to go. And so I'm driving. We're cruising around. we got the windows down. We're cranking music up. And then, bam, I run into the back of somebody. And I'm like, uh-oh, not good. You know, I'm not paying attention. I, they didn't have, like, like driving assist, right? There wasn't an onboard computer in our cars back then. Like if you're not looking, the car stops for you. So I don't, you know, we didn't have that. So I run into the back of like a car full of dudes who were irate that I crammed in the back of them. So I get out, and the first thing I go to do is I go to look to see what happened to my car. No damage on my car, and I look at their car, and I'm like, oddly enough, no damage on their car. But, but they weren't okay with that. Uh, they were mad. There were, you know, a lot of testosterone and young guys who were like 19, 20 years of age. So there's five of them in that car. They all get out, and they're all just mouthing off and like talking like, you know, you hit us. We're going to take you out. And they've got, they're surrounded me now. And I'm, I'm like, uh, I think I came here with some friends. Where are they at, right? So all of a sudden, I've got three other guys in the car. So my guys, who I had in the car, were two superstar, all-city, you know, freshmen, uh, all-state, all-whatever, wrestlers, and a football player. So the first guy, my, my, one of my closest friends, his name's Eric Dennis. He's about 215, just chiseled, about six foot, and he's like, as a freshman, like the best wrestler at my college. 
He gets out. He's got, like, traps that are, like, muscles that, like, are touching his earlobes. So he gets out. He's a real quiet guy by nature anyways. He gets out. Another guy gets out. He's shorter uh, of the guys. He's about 195, but he's, like, 5'9", 195. And he's just, like, he's in shorts. And when he walks, his legs just, like, they just, like, like, I mean, he's, He's real thick and stocky. He gets out. They all come around, walking around me. And then I've got this guy who, like, plays for the football team. He's like a defensive end. He's 6'7". He gets out. He's about, I don't know, 315, J.D. McDuffie. Played football. He's huge. He looks like, you know, these, these WWE wrestlers, right? He's huge, huge, huge. These guys get out, and they don't say jack. They just walk and stand behind me. I don't, at that moment, I didn't even realize they were there. Until all of a sudden, the guys who were surrounding me, they just kind of slowly trickled and got back in their car and drove off. <laughs> all of a sudden, I realized the importance of somebody having your back. Somebody having your back, right? So here, the, the point Paul wants us to grasp is that in Christ, if you are in him, then he is in you. And what his hope is that, that you would go through life learning to know he's got your back. Most of us, we forget that. Most of the times when I am, you know, scared, when I am, you know, kind of like allowed myself to give in to fear and worry, uh, I am forgetting two things. One, how much he loves me. And two, he's got my back. Now, how do I know that? It's just you, li- you just want to believe what I've got to say. Or let's look at what Scripture says. Here's what Scripture says. Ephesians, Paul goes in to pen what we know about God, what he knew about God. Breathe from God through Paul's pen. God says this of himself as Paul writes this. Ephesians 3.17. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Now that is like the most, I mean, amazing thought you could ever have. That the God of the universe, like big faraway God, wants to zoom in and focus in on your heart. He wants to literally, like, come into and make a home reside in your heart. So wherever you go, guess what? He's with you. Like, so whatever problem you have, whatever difficulty you have, whatever fear, whatever pain point you think, oh, my gosh, I am in it now, God is with you there. He is in it with you. He's got your back. So he wants to make your his home in your heart and... He wants your roots, he hopes that your roots will grow down deep into his love so that it will keep you what? Keep you strong. Keep us strong. Now, would you just oblige me? How many of you guys have ever felt weak before? Just felt weak? All right. Those of you that have not raised your hands yet, you're probably still in your 20s or sooner, right? You haven't fallen down, you haven't fallen down enough to realize that you aren't all that in a bag of chips, some people call that pride. I'm not calling you out, right? We've all got it. Some of us are just to fall down long enough, and we haven't forgotten falling down, so we're like kind of like gun-shy whenever someone like raises their hand. We flinch like, oh, my gosh, we're going to get, you know, it's going to hurt again. Here it comes. I know, I've been there before. But, but here's the thing. He, God wants us to understand how much he loves us. And so as we allow, allow our time and our roots to grow down deep in his love, it says that then it will keep us strong and that we may then, as time goes on, have the power to understand, as all God's people should, 
Not that we shouldn't, but we should. God wants us to understand and know how wide, how long, how high, how deep His love is for us. Now that, obviously, the way Paul writes that is for us to understand, like, how big it is, right? So he doesn't stop with how wide, doesn't stop with how long, doesn't stop with how long. I mean, he just goes on and on and on and explains, trying to help us get a picture that we've got the biggest, largest band of brothers, the army of one, God, who, who wants to be our buddy, who wants to be our friend, who wants to be our savior, who wants us to know that I love you and I've got your back, hands down, all the time. Now, um, if, you're, if you're 30s, maybe even 40s, you remember back in the day when, if you, if you had a girlfriend or had a boyfriend or you just were into music, you understand back in the day, before playlists, there was something called mixtape. Mixtape, right? And, and, and if you really, really, really thought you loved somebody, you made a mixtape for your girlfriend. All right, guys, how many of you, give, you made a mixtape for your girlfriend? I know Ed did. <laughs> I don't want to go into old groups to say we're on your mixtape, but I can imagine. But, but and if you were, like, good at the whole mixtape thing, then you went out and got a radio that had two, two places that you'd put in your tape. You shut, and you almost had like, it's not like click and drag, like just drag over and drop in. No, no, no. You had to be like professional. You had to like hit play and record on both tracks and at the very exact same time. And if you didn't, it'd be all jacked up and your mixtape would be no good, right? You could never give a girl a mixtape that was messed up. You had to make it just right. So I remember... It's so funny because I can remember the songs of those old mixtapes. I made Christy one one time. I like, I, I forget what I called it. Like, well, no, I didn't make you a mixtape. It was a CD. Whoa. It's a mixed CD. I remember that. And I remember like, call, you know, called it like, I love Christy or something like that. And it was like all our, all our old love songs that we knew when we were in college. And, you know, like Brian Adams and, you know, all those old good ones. Like, you know, I, I don't want to go into all the details. Lover Boy. I mean, it was just all kind of like. Richard Marks, right, you know, so, so I, I can remember all those, all those songs, they play through my head. Now, those of us nowadays, we have, we've got playlists, and so if you ever looked at Christy and I's playlist, we've got most of the basics, you know, we've got your workout playlist, you know, the, the kind of like upbeat songs, most of mine are like 80s rock tunes, you know, Guns N' Roses, and I mean, I don't want to, Def Leppard, I mean... You know, Motley Crue, uh, I, I have all that hair band rock, get you fired up. I got to have Rocky in there, Eye of the Tiger. got all that old school stuff. I got some 90s in there too. But you, got your, you got, your, got your workout music. You got your dance music. Probably some of you guys got a dance section. And uh, you got your country. How many of you guys got some country music? Uh, and if you've ever watched the Murphy Family, if you ever hit out like in our woods, uh, we, we have about a three-quarter mile of a dirt road that we drive down every day when we come and go from home. And um, if, you, if you paid attention to us, we always roll the windows down, especially this time of the year, and there's one song that I love to play. I forget the, who wrote it or who even sings it, but it, the song is Makes Me Want to Take, Makes Me Want to Take a Back Road. You guys know that song? I know I sound so good when I sing that. They've been wanting me to audition, and I've just said, no, I'm, I, I don't want to be gifted at everything. So, so you, you literally, if we, you, you would think we're crazy because we'll sing that song to the top of our lungs, 
And then we'll, we'll get home, and that song will play in my head for the rest of the night. Sometimes in the next day. It makes me want to take, and I just feel, kind of feel warm and fuzzy. You know, it gives me the freedom of being that back road, and you know. But for a lot of us, we have those playlists that, that we remember, those songs that stick in our heads. But like a playlist, many of us, because of our past mistakes, because of outside influence, because of just self-imposed, we had too much time on our hands, left to myself, I can mess it up, mistakes. Many of us, we have playlists that are terrible, that run through our heads when we look in the mirror, right? Some of you guys are like, I'm a little overweight right now. I'm getting a little older right now. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm getting bags under my eyes. I'm getting a, like a third chin here, and it's like dangling, and like my hair's getting grayer, and man, I... Or, or maybe you're not all just like, my, my ears are lopsided, right? But some of you, you, you play some tapes about yourself, some playlists that like, it just keeps you locked down and makes you feel bad about yourself. But every time you look in the mirror, that's what plays. Some of you, 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 when you, when you fail at something, all of a sudden the same old playlist plays. And you're like, that's right, I'm a loser. The minute I think I'm getting ahead, it's, it's a mirage, it's not really happening. Because it just give me a couple more days and I'll be right back where I was. You know, some of you guys that have had, you know, a battle with trying to, you know, break through an addiction. You know, you've made it like six months. I had a guy that's told me this last week. He's like, man, I'm so proud of myself. I've been like six months not smoking right now. And he's like, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. But sometimes you'll make mistakes again and you'll, you'll, you'll you know, go like six months back. And you think, man, I'll never make it. And all of a sudden that playlist says, hey, you, you're never going to make it. Why, why, why continue down this road? You're just going to fall flat on your face. You know your wife. She, she knows where you're really at. She doesn't believe you're going to continue. She, she's not. And, and all of a sudden, all this negative thoughts, all this junk settles back in, and you just sort of, because it's the same old playlist, you kind of just start to agree with it. So oftentimes, you'll hear, I'm a loser, I'm ugly, I'm not smart enough, I don't have what it takes. I can't handle this. I'll never be used. I'm such a fake. People know I'm a hypocrite, but man, I'm just, that's who I am. Well, maybe, maybe, just maybe. Maybe it's time for us to to rethink the whole playlist thing and maybe make a new playlist. Maybe it's it's for a lot of us, you've allowed the old playlist to, to be there so long that you can't think any other, any other way. But the truth is, when you look in the mirror and you go, yeah, it's not perfect, maybe you, need to, maybe you need to remember this. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's what God says about us. And, and the God of the universe, who fearfully and wonderfully makes us, he gifts us with that person, with that personality, with those abilities, not to try to look at the models who are out there, not to look at somebody else's giftedness, not to look at somebody else's smarts, somebody else's intellect, somebody else's personality, but he puts you on this earth for a purpose. You are here because he wants you to be here. He loves you and says to you, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's the playlist he wants you to have. That's the playlist he wants running through your head so that you can stand strong when the problems come, when the pressures come, when the fears come. God would say, I-, I want you to allow a new place, a new playlist to happen when you feel like I've failed. When, I, I, when, I, when I've tried 
and I've done my very best. My best wasn't good enough, and look where I'm at. I'm worse off now than I ever was. The truth is, here's what Jesus says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Do you know what that means just in itself? That means for all of us who still make mistakes, who, who became a Christian and said, I still sin, and feel like I'm terrible, and we beat ourselves up, and I'm, I'm probably the worst. I, I'm really self-condemning constantly. I'm like, I wish I was better. I wish, I mean, especially when I'm like, I'm married to the most amazing woman in the world, and how could I ever be mad at that? I have the most incredible kids in the world, and I'm mad at them, and I'm like, oh, I'm mad at my dadhood right now. And I'll self-condemn myself to death to where I'm like laying on the ground. I'm like, now I'm worthless to nobody because I can't get beyond what I think of me sometimes. Here's what Jesus says. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. He wants to remember, he wants me to remember who I am in him. And I am a son, a son of the most high king who loves me, who gave his life for me. He proved it. He proved his love for me by what he's already done on the cross. That's already been done. There's no, there's no need for a do-over. It's already been done. I am in him and he is in me. So the next time you feel that way, he wants you to believe it. Believe it. Hang on to it. Playlist that to death. Repeat it. Walk with it. Sit in it. Rest in it. Stand strong in it because he wants us to know who we are in him. So there's times when we got to make a new playlist when it looks like we'll never change. I'm stuck this way. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just me. I'm just me. It's just, you know, I'm not able he wants us to get to the place where we understand I can do all things through Christ who gives me what? Strength. Now that's something you gotta, we got to choose to believe. And do you, know what, do you know what our adversary wants to do? Our adversary, his number one goal is to cause us to think that we don't have a true ally. God's not really your ally. He's mad at you right now. God, God, God's not really for you. He's really against you. That's why we've got to know Scripture. That's why we can understand that, that there's no condemnation for me who's, who's in Christ. That's not what the enemy's saying. He's saying something else. He's working in that past playlist. And God's saying, no, no, drop that junk. Come on up to the truth because the truth will do what? It'll set you free. Here's what, here's what Christ says. Ephesians 3.20. Now all glory to God who is able who is able through his mighty power at what? Work within us to accomplish infinitely. Now, that word infinitely doesn't sound too pathetically weak, does it? Infinitely. God wants to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. If we have that type of faith in God and who he wants to be in us, that is what makes that verse true in our lives. And guess what? The good news is it's not, it's not banked on me because I will fall. I will fail. But that verse is not based on my willpower. My ability is based on him. It's up to us to just choose to believe that. He wants to accomplish uh, that through us. So number one, know your ally. Number two is this. Know your opponent. If you're going to win, you've got to know your opponent, right? You've got to know who is against you. Um, <clears throat> there's a song most of you probably know. I'm going to read it to you. It's not a song that I ever listened to, okay? 
because it's just not quite manly enough, all right? But, but this is a song that I want to show you that I think depicts, it, it, it depicts kind of where a lot of us are in life, some of the outside pressures and problems. It says this, I stay out late. Some of you guys might recognize this song. I'm not going to sing it. I'm just going to kind of say the words. I stay out late, got nothing in my brain. That's what people say, mm-mm, mm-mm. That's what people say, mm-mm, mm-mm. I go on too many dates, but I can't make them stay. At least that's what people say, mm-mm, mm-mm. That's what people say, mm-mm, mm-mm. Because the players are going to play, 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 play. And the haters are, haters are going to hate, 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 hate. Baby, hate. Yeah, there's a few more hates and shakes. And <clears throat> Baby, I'm just going to shake, 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 shake. Shake it off, shake it off. <clears throat> Not done. <clears throat> I just got to get a breath. <clears throat> Heartbreakers going to break, 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 break. And the fakers are going to fake, 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 fake. Baby, I'm just going to shake, 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 shake it off, shake it off. So the, the, the truth of the matter is this. Um, there are plenty of outside struggles out there, right? Plenty, plenty of people who are fakers, plenty of people out there who are haters, plenty of posers, uh, plenty of people that just, whatever reason, they just don't like you, they've got it in for you, plenty of, plenty of problems out there that, that, you know, the enemy leverages, you know, somebody against somebody else, and you're like, I don't even know why we're mad at each other, we're just mad. You ever feel that way? But we've got to understand that the Scripture says Although there's haters and players and heartbreakers and fakers, there's a lot of things that come against us. But the Bible says that there is a greater spiritual battle going on than just the stuff that's right in front of us. All right? There's a greater battle than, than you know, what's, what's right before the eyes. Scripture says this, Ephesians 6.11. It says that we should put on all of God's armor. We're talking about the series, we're talking, our name of this series is Battle Ready, right? Suiting up, preparing for, using God's armor so that you will be able to, what? Stand firm against all of the, what? Strategies of the devil, right? So we sort of think that we've got an enemy that is like riding around in a convertible with a top down, you know, singing highway to hell, you know, like give me a beer and having a party, right? But what, what Scripture says is there, is there is an entity that God has named the devil that, that he's not cruising around having a party, having a big old time. It says that he is strategizing. Scripture literally says he roams around like a lion looking for whom he may devour. Scripture goes on to say, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. I mean, most of us, we look at the person in front of us, you're having a fight with your wife, you're raising your voice at your kids, you're mad at your boss, and you think, that's my problem. No, 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 that's not your problem. We have an adversary that, is, that, is, that will stop at nothing to strategize, to plan for how to take you out. And he might leverage some really awesome things to try to trip you up. He might leverage things to tempt you. He might leverage some wonderful people in your life to make you jealous of. He might, he might just whisper things in your ears 
to cause you to go down a road of the wrong playlist that you play through your mind all day long to where you're just like, I want to quit, right? I want to give up because I just can't win. And his goal ultimately is to cause you to lose your hope and your faith in Jesus. So we're not wrestling against just flesh and blood enemies. Scripture says, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. And all of a sudden, I think you guys just went like, oh my gosh, we just turned on the sci-fi channel, right? Doo-doo-doo-doo, right? It just got weird up in here, right? I mean, this kind of an odd, this is kind of a strange conversation. We're talking about something that's not everyday, what we see and think. But I want to say this. If you're going to take this faith seriously, if you're going to take, you know, what's really going on in this world seriously, if you're going to take Christianity seriously, if you're going to take God seriously, you've got to take the devil and Satan seriously. you got to, right? Scripture talks about it. Now, now there, there's, you know, several mentions of the devil in the Bible, and I think it's called different names. I mean, at some point it's talking about a dragon, and then you talk about the prince of the air, and in the Bible it talks about, you know, he was an angel, a uh, former angel, kind of got rebellious, God kicked him out. You know, um, he's called the prince of light. He's got all these different names that's, that's mentioned in the Bible. The Bible talks about demons, and it's just like, oh, my gosh, this is kind of freaky stuff. But here's the thing. The Bible does talk about the enemy. And I know plenty of people, they, they focus in on and they camp out thinking about the enemy, right? It's like enemy, 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 right? Constantly enemy, enemy, enemy. I got, you know, your son sneezes. You're like, oh, we got to cast the demon out my son, right? There's a rock. Oh, my gosh, there's a devil underneath the rock, right? Wonder what's in that tree. There's a hollow in it. I mean, there, there's a devil in there. Right? And I know there's people that, like, really key in on that. And I want to say this, that there's... There's, there's mentions of the devil in the Bible. We understand that there's an adversary against us. But I don't think the point of us is to focus on the enemy. I don't think that's the point. I think our, our focus ought to be on Jesus. I think the Bible gives us enough information for us to, to know about it and take that, that, that battle seriously. But here's, here's what I want us to understand. We don't want to focus on it, but we don't want to dismiss it either. We can't dismiss it because it's a reality. And I love how an old, old author who was wise wrote this. A.W. Tozer says this, If you want to keep the enemy out, keep Christ in. That's the focus. The focus isn't to get all up in arms and walk and look everywhere like, I'm looking for an enemy. Where's the enemy? Oh, there she is right there. Wow, that's a good-looking enemy. That's a temptation. Maybe so, right? (laughs) Maybe the enemy today, the temptation's blonde hair, blue eyes for you. I don't know. But here's the point. God's not wanting us to focus on the enemy, right? Let's get rid of the enemy, right? Let's win by focusing and keeping our eyes on Jesus. We win when we lean into the one who gave his life for us. We win when we play the playlist of what he says about us and who we are. We win when we make him number one in our life. We win when we're constantly surrendering to his will, his way for our lives, right? Most of us are losing when we're playing to what the devil's saying, when we're listening to the whispers that he's, that he's whispering in our mind, when we cave into the temptation that he gives. But all along, Christ is saying, listen, you have what it takes in me. You can win in me. 
if you'll stay close and focus in on me, we can together, we can win. So don't take my word for it. Let me show you this verse. I want to I show you this, this verse that has been so powerful. At least uh, years for my life, this has been a verse that I, that I memorized and I knew. And I would say in the last couple of weeks, we've talked about it as a staff. This is a powerful verse. This is a verse when your playlist is not what it needs to be, when your enemy is wreaking havoc on you and you're like, man, I need some help. This is what we want to focus in on right here. 1 John 4, 4 says this. Greater is he, speaking of Jesus, God, greater is he who is in me than the he, that would be the enemy, than he that is in the world. See, because there's been a, there's been a season, and there, we're in a season where God has allowed the enemy, who's also called the accuser, to, to, to have some dominion in, in, in our world. He has the power to trip you up, to trick you, to accuse you. That's why a lot of us feel condemned a lot of times, right? Might be more than just like some uh, spiritual good conviction, like I'm wrong, to where you're just like beating yourself up, thinking, I'll never move forward. I'll never get out of the doghouse, husbands. I've made so many mistakes. She'll never think I'm better than what I really am. That's the enemy. He's accusing. The truth is there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. So John 4, 4, 1 John, says this, Greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. Say that with me because I think that's something we get to memorize. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Now let's drop that off the screen so you can say it one more time with me. 1 John 4, 4 says, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Right? What if every day, what if every day when all of a sudden I'm just riddled with fear because all of a sudden I looked at the finances again. And, and oh, by the way, we, we, you know, our job's up because we're, you know, a contract, whatever, and it's up in, in six more months. What am I going to do six months from now? All of a sudden, you're riddled with fear. What do we need to remember? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Who loves me? Who paid and gave his life for me? See, we forget that we, there really is a Jesus who came to this earth saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. Let me take your sins away, forgive you. And by the way, as I take all that mess to the grave, he left it and buried it there. And he broke through the grave and he now lives in victory. And so do we if we're in him. So the greatest news we can ever know is that God loves us. God loves us. God loves us. Third thing I want to give you today is this. To win, we've got to understand that we can stand firm in him. So we've got to remember to stand firm. We don't have to go put the boxing gloves on. We don't have to go try to achieve anything else. We can stand firm in the fact that God already loves us. If, if you've ever bowed the knee and said, I want him to be my savior and my friend, I believe in him, then you're in him. He's in you. You're a Christ follower, and he'll never leave. Scripture says never leave or forsake you. We can stand firm in that. We can be strong in that. We don't have to go in the battle with gloves on. Guess what? Why? Battle's already been won. The battle has already been won. I don't have to go fight the battle. He's already won it. I just get to walk through life with like the six foot seven football player who's got my back all the time, right? That's how God wants us to see himself, but much larger. Much bigger. When I was a kid, you probably imagined this already. When I was a kid, I wanted to be Superman. 
In fact, when I was a kid, I really thought I was Superman. I, I, I jumped bikes over stuff. I got all kinds of, like, stitches in my head from, like, lots of crashes. I had a Superman outfit when I was a kid, and guess what? I'm embarrassed to say I had a Superman outfit when I was in college, all right? Before I knew Christy, there was a girl. There was a girl. That's how most problems began. I'm just kidding, ladies. I was really just being silly. But there was a girl who was engaged, and I thought, she's the one I like. I want to go after that girl. And to try to win her heart, I got like 50 of my buddies together, got them all hidden in the woods on the way to this like scary cemetery that we knew that was up in the mountains, had like a 10-foot wall around it that had this, this lady statue that had her finger like this. They called it the screaming statue. And when the wind blew, it would, it would squeal and like scream. And people had all these stories about someone, she got chopped all up, and it's not Halloween, I know. But like but they made this memorial out of her, and it would scream at night. And so we'd go up there. And so on this particular occasion, I got all my buddies hidden in the woods. They're wearing, like, you know, Jason hockey masks and, you know, like hooded stuff and holding torches. And so we finally weave through some of these guys, and we think, ha-ha, all my buddies, no more buddies. We're all good. We scared each other. And I got, like, this girl and her girlfriends going, oh, my gosh, it's so scary. And, you know, I'm hoping she's going to jump into my arms, right? And so we get to the cemetery, and there's this big wall. And so we, we, we go in, and we open this big, creakety old metal iron gate. It's like, and we go in, and we're looking at all these statues, and the wind's blowing, it's cold. And all of a sudden, as we're inside, all of a sudden, a troop full of another wave of my buddies come in with torches, and they're wearing hoods, and they're scary. And everybody runs in the back of this place and hides. And I jump over the fence, over the wall, and then I come back on top of the wall <laughs> in my Superman costume. And I'm like, like, I don't know what I said, like, no fear, don't worry, I'm here. And I knew it was going to be cheesy, but we had like, you know, how do we make it not cheesy? But you really couldn't have. So I jumped, I, this is a true story, I'm embarrassed to tell you. I jump down, and in slow motion, we fight, and I grab guys, and I throw guys, and we slow motion, and finally, I jump over the wall, and I come back, like, hey, what happened, you know, <laughs> like, oh, there, Superman was here? No way. So, I have a weird fetish with Superman, okay? <clears throat> Let me figure out where I'm going in my notes with this. So, um, so, so here's the thing. Most of us know we're not Superman. Most of us realize we're Clark, we're Clark Kent, right? But on, but, on, but on most days, we forget because we still think we can handle the problems on our own. Most of us still, we, we, we know we're not Superman, but sometimes we try to jump back in that role like, I've got all this. I can carry all this pressure on my own, right? I, I, can, I can wear this. I'm a man, right? I can handle this. I can solve that. I can fix this. I mean, the minute your wife opens her mouth, you want to solve all her problems. She's like, just listen to me, please, right? Guys, you, am I tracking? Most of us think, and given the right moment, you know, we can, we can figure it out. I can fix this. I can solve this. But the truth of the matter is, there is only one Superman, and you are not it, and I am not it. 
There's one Superman, and his name is Jesus. And he wants to be for us the friend, the Savior, the, the, the person of God who walks with you through your life and has your back. And my hope is that today that you would, you would remember, remember this passage as we close. And we're going to use this as we kick off next week. Ephesians 6.13 says this, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor, suit up, like prepare with God's armor. We'll talk about that next week. So you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And here's what I want to leave you with. Then, after the battle, you will still be, what, standing firm. Over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how we can literally stand firm in the worst of times, in the, in the biggest, darkest places of your heart where you feel like, I can't win here. We're going to look in Scripture and see how we can win no matter what through Christ. I want you to bow your heads and pray with me. And I want to close like this today. I really do believe that today God has brought many of you here for a purpose of helping you take the next spiritual step. I think there's basically two categories of people here. Some of you are here today, and you would say, I'm not a Christ follower. I know about God, but he's not my Savior. He's not the guy who's got my back. I'm still trying to carry that load on my own. And I, and I want to I I make him the leader and forgiver of my life today. I, I, I just, I feel like maybe for such a time as this, that God has me here for the point of he's moving my heart so I will, I'll bow the knee. And I'll just say, I surrender to you, God. I, I, I need your help. I, 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 wanna, I, I don't want to do this on my own. I, I want Jesus and what he did on the cross to count for me. And so here's what I want to do. For that group, I'm gonna, I want to pray with you in just a second. And I, I want to give you a moment to ask Jesus to be in your heart to be your Savior. But there's a second group of you, and that's for many of us who, you, you maybe you already are a Christ follower. You've been tracking with God. But along the way, you began to allow the wrong playlist to slip in. And you've been duped by the devil. And every time you look in the mirror, and every time you fall, and every time you fail, every time you replay all the old same junk that's kept you where you're at, and that's not where God wants you to be. He wants you to follow Him and to find your strength and hope in Him so that you can stand firm and be strong and win through Him. And my hope is that today that you would simply say, today, I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just kick that stuff out of my mind, and I'm going to now today, I'm going to surrender to what Jesus says about me. And I'm going to start, I'm going to stay, I'm going to come back in this series. I'm going to write these verses down, and I'm going to allow those truths to be my new playlist. That's what some of you guys will do today. So bow your heads, pray with me. Lord, we, uh, we just, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you that we can, we can in all circumstances and all things lean on him because he is big enough and wide enough and strong enough to handle every bit of our problem and then some. Lord, I pray for the men, the women, the children in this room who would say, I'm not a Christian. I don't, I don't know Jesus as my personal Savior. 
I'm not a son, I'm not his daughter. I mean, I'm created on this earth, but he's not my dad. And today I want him to be my savior. And so right now, God, we just, we just those of us who, who need you to be our savior today, God, we simply just say to you, Jesus, I'm surrendering my heart to you today. Will you come into my life and save me? I want to now make you the leader and forgiver of my life. Come into me. Allow me to know you. And God, would you help me in the midst of my struggles, my pains, and my burdens? And I want to do this. I, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I, I, I want for your sake maybe as like a next step to say, you know what? I'm going to step out in my first little small amount of faith and say, you know what? I'm excited. I just prayed that prayer, and I want you to know about it. Would you just raise your hand? I'm not going to call you out. But raise your hand or maybe catch your eyes with me and say, I, just raise your hand. I, I prayed that prayer today. Yes. All over. All over. Yes. 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 In the first service, several people. I prayed that prayer. I made Jesus the leader and forgiver of my life. Anybody else? I want to celebrate with you right now. Lord, many, many people, God, today, we celebrate, made you their Savior, invited you into their hearts. And God, we believe, as Scripture has said, if we, we confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts, Scripture says that Jesus is Lord, we are saved. Scripture also says that He will never leave us or forsake us. That's a truth. That is a truth from God that he will never leave us and never forsake us. That's what best friends do. They stick with us. And God, we want to just rest in that today. We want to sit in that. We want to walk in that. We want to stand in that because Jesus is Lord. And God, we love you. And Lord, I just thank you for the, 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 the steps we're taking today, the spiritual steps. And those of us, God, that are just sort of going to surrender to a new playlist today in you because you loved us first. So, Lord, I pray that this entire church, you would change us from the inside out. The more we know how much you love us, God, would you let that love grow deep roots in our hearts and give us strength to win through you. God, we love you. Love you very much. In your name we pray. Amen. So what is, what is cooler than this? Some of us, some of us came in, these doors out here earlier.